Hi, thanks for listening. This is the It's So Widgets Flutter podcast. My name is Philip Korn, and each episode, get a chance to speak with another amazing member of the Flutter community. This episode, we're extremely lucky to be speaking with John Franco. Welcome. Hi, Philip. How are you? Nice to be here. Thanks for being on. Uh, to start, can you share a bit about your background? Of course. Yeah. Okay. So, um, well, I'm Gianfranco. I'm a software engineer. Um, I started um, studying like the computer science career. It would be like the equivalent of uh, here in Uruguay. Uh, it would be the equivalent of a computer science career plus one year of specialization. So, so yeah. I, and nowadays, I'm uh, I'm um, CTO and co-founder of a company. Uh, called Somnio Software, that is basically a dev shop uh, who specializes in Flutter. So we have so many different uh, projects uh, using Flutter for different clients. And and yeah, back then when I was in the university, uh, I, I had a, I was really interested in software design and architecture. Also, my specialization was about data science. Uh, I, it was something really uh, interesting at that time, like machine learning, and AI, I think that those are things that are really common nowadays, right? But but yeah, also, uh, I mean, I, I was interested in, in any type of uh, programming. I, I I guess that something that uh, really interested me at the, at the time was um, algorithms and competitive programming. That was kind of uh, something really different uh, about how to think in programming um, because not only you have to think, for example, if you're... Uh, I know thinking in software design, you have to think about maintainability. But in, in this type of competitions, the the most important thing was to make things fast, right? Uh, so not necessarily applying the best practices you you, you would include in, in your projects. But but then another things that really caught my eyes uh, back then was uh, mobile development. I I started uh, developing um, apps in native in Android and iOS. I remember using Java for Android and also Objective-C for, Objective for, for iOS. I, I experienced a transition from Objective-C uh, to Swift. Um, and, and yeah, also I, I started searching for cross-platform alternatives. I, I, I had experience also in, in React Native and of course in Flutter. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of Flutter here today. But but yeah, I I consider that yeah, um, being exposed to different ways of and frameworks uh, to create apps, uh, it's really beneficial um, to yeah to to your to your path. So so yeah, that that's kind of my background. Um, I I started um, as I said a, a company with with um, two colleagues, two partners uh, that um, initially was. Um, for working with different technologies in different projects for for clients, we were working like separately each of each of us in as a freelancer uh, role. But then we joined and we started working in in, in uh, common projects, and and yeah, and 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 it was the time that we started using Flutter for for a real project and a real uh, a real client. Uh, we decided to start specializing in this technology because it, it, it was really promising. We could uh, make uh, make so different apps for different platforms, and and yeah, that's kind of like uh, how it all started in in my company. Nowadays, we we are really excited because the technology has grown a lot, and 
and yeah, uh, we 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 have the the opportunity to work with so many projects in Flutter, and and we are a team of more than fifty people. So so yeah, that's kind of my background and how um, uh, I got here. I also um, I'm a Google Developer Expert for Data and Flutter. Uh, probably we're talking about that later, but but yeah, I, I decided to. Yeah, to specialize a lot in Flutter, and that's why I pursued the, the path of becoming a, a GD. Very cool. That's an amazing story. And how did you first hear about Flutter? Well, uh, that's a funny story, actually, because as I was saying, uh, I was uh, developing apps in, in mobile using native technologies. And I remember that this particular project I was um, doing, I, I wasn't working for a specific client, but I was working on one side project um, on iOS. Uh, I was using Xcode and Swift um, because, yeah, I, I I started with with a platform, right? If you are developing natively, you you have to start with with something. And uh, somehow I came across uh, this Flutter framework tool. I, I I didn't know at that time what it was, but I was actually browsing the internet uh, to solve something related to my app in. Uh, Swift in, in iOS, but somehow I ended up downloading Flutter. I don't know how, but honestly, um, it didn't pay even attention on yeah, like what was the name of the tool or uh, what was the, the 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 company behind the tool, like Google, right? But I just remember I started running the the counter app, like the the app that this the the initial app that Flutter um, uh, other, like. When you run the Flutter create command, you 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 have the counter app, right? And it was really mind blowing because, um, yeah, I I felt I, I started experiencing the the hot restart and, and the hot reload uh, feature, and I could understand how fast I was moving by by making like a mobile application, you know? Because uh, I think that I I I also was developing for the web at that time. Uh, I was using. I think React Native, or or more or less, I I I had a lot of experience in web development, and I feel like web de- development, um, in comparison with mobile development, at least at that time, was really different in a way that web development, uh, for me, it felt like more trying and, for example, writing some HTML, some CSS or JavaScript, and quickly validating those things in in the web, and that cycles kind of repeats like a lot of things in your in your dev process right but in the case of mobile it wasn't um so much like that because um when because you, you didn't have like hot restart or hot reload in in the native uh, side um you have to make a lot of changes in order to kind of uh, make a build right because otherwise you're like losing a lot of uh, seconds that that translate in minutes in a day and it's not so productive, right? So uh, when I download Flutter, that was the first thing I, that caught my eye. Uh, I think that um, I mean I I I knew at the time that there were other tools such as React Native that also kind of support this kind of behavior, but being so much um, developing in, in in native as I as I explained in, in Swift and and Java, uh, I was more um, used to work in that in that matter. So when I downloaded Flutter, that was like really mind blowing. But not only that, I think that 
also some of the things that caught my my eye and back then was the fact that uh, I really had a widget for building like common UIs, right? And uh, that was extremely useful for me. Not only widgets, but navigation patterns. I mean, uh, it really seemed that everything was flowing. And I didn't have to invest so much time on finding libraries or how this is, um, this common thing is solving in Flutter. It, it's like, it's like uh, I downloaded that thing and it was working. And then somehow I started uh, looking uh, or researching what was this thing because um, I didn't mention, but at that time it was like the first beta. Um, so it was really uh, the, the very beginning uh, that I started experimenting. And the sad part of the story is that um, um, I had to, at that time, I, I had to put my effort in a in a project that required the use of uh, React Native. So I didn't have the opportunity to continue uh, playing around with, with Flutter uh, because th that project dure more or less like uh, three or four months. But I think that also allowed me to understand that Flutter was really... Uh, something better, something better probably than React Native at that time, uh, because I also had the the opportunity to play around with React Native, right? And, and I had a hard time back back then. Um, and, and yeah, um, when that project finished, uh, I remember that we uh, went back to to Flutter and say, okay, maybe this this is a, the actual tool that we need to use, and we started um, like. Taking more seriously Flutter. Uh, I mean, um, at that time, uh, as I was saying, it was the the beta. It wasn't even stable. So what we did was uh, we um, uh, tried the Flutter uh, for a real project with a real client, and we had excellent results with uh, with uh, my partners. So that's we when we understood that that was like. Uh, a really cool framework to start building applications, and and yeah, that's that's how I I initially uh, did hear about uh, Flutter. It was uh, kind of like a by mistake. Obviously, I would have uh, heard like like Flutter uh, after, but initially it was like just browsing the internet and and trying to solve uh, different problems that I, I couldn't do it at, at the time, but but. Um, by downloading Flutter, I, I discover how to do things differently. Nice. I feel like I had a very similar experience. I still remember the first time I tried Flutter, and my mind was just blown. I'd come from a, being a web developer. Couldn't imagine going back, using any other tool going forward. Just seemed like my whole world as a developer had changed. How do you see the evolution of Flutter in the future? Or where do you think it's going in the next few years? Well, that's a, a really cool, uh, great question. I mean, I think that on one hand, if we... If we go back to how Flutter was uh, created, I think that, uh, in my opinion, Flutter, like the the goal of Flutter at, at the beginning was to solve some of the issues we experience um, by creating mobile apps specifically, right? Because um, at that time, um, I was already saying about that. I was working with Native, and Native has a really uh, high cost because you have to uh, build like things twice but not only that i think that even the experience in, in creating native mobile apps was really slow because you don't have like things that uh hot re reload or or maybe because uh, you 
I mean, at that time, uh, I remember that all the frameworks, uh, either in Java or Swift, uh, there were more or less, well, not more or less, there were like imperative frameworks, right? And I feel like those things kind of um, not are not improving your your productivity as a as a developer, and 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 yeah, like developing for 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 native was really slow. You have to deal with um, different approaches. For example, not only the the imperative programming paradigm, but also uh, how the, the UIs are built using XML or or um, in the case of, of iOS um, UI kit, but, but also you had to deal with con- constraints. And I think that you, you needed to invest so much time in doing things that were probably um, could have been easier, uh, such as, I don't know, like laying out everything in different screen sizes, right? So uh, on the other hand, we, we had like other cross-platform solutions out there, it's not that Flutter is the first, right? But I felt that there were so many trade-offs on choosing one of them because you knew that you were uh, not um, having the same experience as native because, I don't know, maybe you were um, creating uh, from a single code base apps for Android and iOS, but the performance wasn't the same. So it was like a huge gap between cross-platform and native. And I think that Flutter... um, I think um, kind of like solve this gap in a way because you got uh, the same performance as native, but also you have the, the benefit of the best tooling of a, a declarative framework that is easier in my opinion because you don't have to um, programmatically say uh, what you're going to to what you want to um, code, but but you have like everything hidden behind a, a more uh, understandable API. And and yeah, I think that Flutter helped reduce the gap uh, be, because um, yeah, it provided the the best of both worlds. Uh, but yeah, that being said, um, I think that um, I would say that the idea was to reduce of uh, the amount of uh, effort we we as developers invest in creating uh, a product with so many different platforms. And and yeah, I mean. I know that I'm only talking about mobile, but uh, Flutter suddenly uh, switched and and try to cover more platforms, uh, right? If we go back in history, like the next one was the web, and then we had desktop. In desktop, we have macOS, Linux, uh, Windows. I mean, there are so many different platforms to cover. And and yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I think that that uh, initial... Um, uh, goal of Flutter that needed to uh, solve the the mobile um, problem of having two different platforms uh, suddenly turned out to cover like more platforms, the web and, and desktop. And in the case of web, I feel like it was different because um, uh, I, I, I don't feel like it's trying to um, change or uh, yeah, uh, or, or put in the same place as native uh, traditional uh, frameworks right, right in the web. Like, for example, JavaScript, all of the JavaScript frameworks, React, Vue, or, or Angular. But because uh, in the web, as we know, Flutter it doesn't behave the same, right? The classical question is, well, I, uh, I don't have SEO in, 
in Flutter or it's really hard to put SEO in Flutter. So I think that in that in that sense, uh, Flutter in the web um, was different. Was trying to to solve a different problem, not not to compete with uh, all of the frameworks that are, are out there. Um, and and yeah, it's it's aimed to. I mean, doesn't necessarily be a framework that needs to be understood by by crawlers to have a, a well SEO. But I, but I think that in software we we need to choose, like choose the best tool for for the thing we want to solve. And Flutter is Flutter not not the best tool if we are looking to build, for example, landing pages that have great SEO. But it is a great tool if we if we want to to build different type of experiences in the web or progressive web apps or single page applications. Uh, because we have like we are able to control every pixel and and uh, of the screen, and that lets you build really complex UI uh, in a in a way that it would be really difficult to to build it in 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 other in other technologies, and and lastly, uh, we have to talk about desktop, right? That seems really mature nowadays. In in what it is, Flutter it has evolved a lot, and I feel like it's really difficult because there are three three other platforms, right? macOS, Linux, and Windows, and it's it's really difficult to grasp every one of them. But and and I really think that the way Flutter works. Uh, because it, it has to almost reinvent, in a way, all of uh, the will about each platform, because it doesn't, it doesn't rely on native, um, like yeah, components. So, so it's it's difficult to get uh, the, the 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 to the point we are here uh, nowadays. But the the truth is that now with Flutter you can build for any platform. So I imagine that. This trend is going to be like um, continuing, uh, not only for the major platforms, but also for things that we didn't anticipate back then, right? Like, for example, for for the watches, for the Apple Watch, or or different kind of screens. Uh, and I think that that's really that's really useful because uh, you as a developer can really learn a single framework, a single uh, programming language, and kind of like code for. Any platform that you want, probably the the, the one that uh, you are more interested in, and you don't have to to invest so much time in understanding the the tooling or, or the or the programming language behind uh, that. For example, let's say you were working on a on an Android project and you want to start doing uh, the same app for iOS, you have to invest so much time in understanding a different language, Swift uh, or the tooling involved, Xcode, right? And and yeah, somehow by using Flutter, you you can forget about that and just try a new platform. And also, I think that's a really something that encourages you on try different platforms that you didn't even uh, think that you were going to try. For example, the the TVs, right? And because you know Flutter, you want to try this in a different platform. Uh, but yeah, another on on the other hand, I feel like if we want to know, like what is the what what is happening in in the next years in, in Flutter, I feel like as being a, an open source project as it always has had, um, the roadmap is public, right? So we can know uh, ahead of time what are the current uh, investment that the Flutter team is is uh, doing. I remember this year in particular, we had the Flutter Forward event in Africa. I had the opportunity to 
to go there. It was a really uh, great event. Um, but, but also it really allowed me to understand uh, what was coming this year. And in fact, uh, this was really important because I, as I was saying, we work in all of our projects with Flutter and that kind of like helped us to anticipate what was, what was coming. For example, one of the things that were announced um, back in uh, February was the event, I think, or January. Um, was, for example, FFI, and there was like foreign uh, function invocation that will certainly impact in all of the plugins that we write today, or maybe element embedding, and we start thinking about how we can get advantage of this and maybe probably uh, start thinking about Flutter as a tool that we can integrate in current web projects that um, we we work with different projects and there are some cases where our clients are using native technologies in the web. Uh, but but yeah, this uh, allowed us to have a different offering. Maybe um, you can combine both technologies in whatever the use case is, is the best. Maybe use Flutter for certain types of things. It doesn't necessarily mean that you need to rebuild everything uh, using Flutter for, for the web. Uh, and yeah, other things about how the, the programming language is evolving, Dart behind, behind Flutter, right? So what I'm trying to say is that, yeah, in a way, if you want to see how are going to be the next years, the cool thing about Flutter is that it's really an open source project, so you can have that information. It's not like you are going to be surprised or you have to guess as other, other type of frameworks. And and finally, I guess that um, I was more talking about what the Flutter team is is, is investing, right? But the the community is also important because the community also create different libraries, uh, created different libraries, and you can know what are the interest, uh, the, the the yeah how community is interested on evolving the the framework. Um, for example, yeah, what what is coming in I don't know different projects such such as a riverboard, so you have to keep in mind also how communities are using the framework, so so you can expect some uh, major improvements in so many different things in, in the future, so that is also important uh, while considering how Flutter will, will, will evolve in the future. Those are great points. What inspired you to become a Flutter and Dart GDE? Can you describe your journey a bit? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, as I was saying earlier, um, I, I became a, a Google developer expert for Dart and Flutter. I think that, yeah, basically because I um, I really focus on this uh, technology. Um, we um, basically work in, in every project uh, using Flutter. And I think that a community was one key thing that inspired me. I, I had the possibility to meet uh, a lot of people and, and colleagues um, that were working with, with Flutter. Uh, some of them also GDEs, uh, not only in 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 my uh, yeah in in Latin America, but also in, in other t- uh, parts of the world, and that really inspired me to pursue that that path. I think that um, sharing my knowledge and and my path and my point of view was also a really key part. I started uh, sharing all of my knowledge in by creating blogs, uh, posts on on social media, on, on Medium, uh, also sharing open source projects on GitHub and participating on even podcasts and, and live streams, among other things. And over time, I, I started gaining some trust and confidence and 
that what I was doing it was like really helpful for for the community and for the developers, and and yeah, that really inspired me to yeah pursue the the path. Also, the fact that uh, here in my country I live in Uruguay, um, there weren't any cool developer expert in Flutter, and there were for other technologies, but I guess that yeah, try to push the technology in, in the in the country was really important to me. And and yeah, um in fact I, I became the, the first the first one, the first GDE in at least in, in Flutter in Uruguay. And and yeah, that kind of like um was how how I I was inspired. Um yeah, also also the fact that here in, in, in my company in Somnio Software, um as we specialize in Flutter, uh, I really had the opportunity to kind of teach uh, the the way uh, we use Flutter. So yeah, in a way, I was also sharing the knowledge and uh, learning from from my teammates here about the the framework. So so yeah, and that's more or less how how I I became a Flutter GDE. Also, I have a, a blog post describing probably better than uh, the the whole path. And, and what are the the things that you need to take in consideration? Because often uh, that's one of the things that uh, I have um, that people ask me, like how how to get there. And and yeah, there are, there are like some uh, more bureaucratic things to 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 do while getting there. Uh, for example, having an interview with one of the uh, t- uh, team members of, of Flutter. But yeah, this is really described. Uh, Point by point in one of my blog posts, so I really suggest to also uh, read read that one. Awesome! I'll make sure to link to the blog post in the episode show notes. Uh, are the things from Flutter changed? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, I mean we were saying right that the the whole framework seemed really mind blowing when when you tried, especially if we if you were um, experiencing other types of frameworks. Uh, I think that one of the key things was uh, that was declarative, and I, I think that that trend was also something that is also something that that um, native frameworks are uh, trying to get to that point. Uh, for example, in, in Android and iOS, we have like Compose and SwiftUI. So uh, I think that validate the way uh, declarative is here to stay. So. And what I'm trying to say is that it really has like a lot of benefits, uh, Flutter. So it's really difficult to to see uh, how how we can change uh, things or or things that we would like to see change. But I think that we must be um, for pushing like more improvements in the framework. We must recognize that there are things to that need to be addressed just to improve. And I think that probably, um, like the thing um, about um, things that about state management could really um, improve. I mean, we have uh, so many libraries nowadays that I think that uh, are here to to stay. For example, Block or Riverboat. Uh, so I think that the decision of not taking uh, something as a standard was right because community created these awesome libraries, uh, but maybe investing, I don't know, like another iteration on how uh, the framework um, provides you, for example, things like bindings, and 
could be useful. I think that uh, th- those things are things that um, other frameworks has had invested time on, on, on that. Uh, I think that navigation was something that was really difficult to to grasp uh, at the time, especially when navigation 2.0 went out. But again, the community created the Go Router uh, package, and then it was uh, acquired by 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 Flutter itself. So it's, now it's in the Flutter repository. But maybe for someone who doesn't know um, about uh, the history about a Go Router and all that, um, it kind of it's separate from from the framework, right? right? Because it's it's a higher level of abstraction of navigation 2.0. So maybe having something more seamless uh, that doesn't require like an extra package could be something useful, I guess. Uh, so people doesn't have to install uh, another package. Uh, I guess that in a way the framework has to provide all the low-level IPS that it does, right? Um, and they made a really good job in uh, uh, really good way of working in in providing the next navigation API. We we only had Navigation 1.0 back then, <clears throat> and having everything declarative is is um, in line with what we were saying that declarative is easier than um, that imperative. But but yeah, um, those could be some points. Also, we have to mention that yeah, I mean when we are talking about changes in Flutter, also we we have to talk about Dart because at the end of the day, Dart is a programming language we use. So. If we continue to improve uh, the programming language Dart, that will obviously have an effect on on how we build applications in Flutter. I feel that uh, nowadays probably we are relying so much in things that uh, like that has uh, under hood code generation, right? Uh, you probably uh, had to use uh, Build Runner or I don't know things like JSON or Lightsol that under hood are creating code uh, for you. And um, I think that the idea of having metaprogramming in Dart would be really useful because we, um, by only having annotations in, in the code, we will be able to, yeah, don't don't rely so much on out- actually generating code uh, for things that are really standard, right? And could really improve the, the experience of a developer. I imagine, uh, for example, stop using JSON or Ansible for classes that I know that are are going to be uh, like handling data from an API, right? And probably that will improve the dev experience. But but yeah, I, I think that those things are probably coming. Uh, certainly we uh, heard uh, that Dart is investing um, an effort in, in, in have that kind of uh, API and this meta programming thing. So... So yeah, I would say that that could be some points uh, of improvement. But again, it's it's really trying to push um, things so we can continue having the the best experience that we currently have in uh, by yeah creating these applications using Flutter. I agree entirely. I, th- I find Swift UI to be very interesting to compare to Flutter. I'd love to see Flutter move in that direction. What I find interesting about Swift UI is how out of the box it's much more opinionated. To me, a good example is if in Swift UI you add text to a screen. It automatically puts it in the center of the screen, which is what the user probably wants. Whereas with Flutter, it defaults to the top left corner. You can obviously configure it, wrap it in a center widget, it gets centered. There are a lot of examples where Swift UI out of the box just does what you expect or maybe what you'd want in an application. 
it's nice that SwiftUI poses its opinion strongly and it makes, I think, the developer experience a bit smoother. So we touched on Block and Provider a little bit and Riverpod. Do you have any specific thoughts on state management? Yeah, um, that's a really, yeah, that's a really great, great question. I think that um, most of Flutter developers had asked these questions, like, how about, uh, what about state management, right? Uh, it was almost the the huge problem that we, we had. And I guess that, uh, that that became a problem basically because the framework itself offers you a um, uh, an API to deal with with state, but it doesn't necessarily um, uh, provide you with with a way of doing more complex things or or a, or a framework to um, yeah to to deal with the state management problem, right? So I think that <clears throat> being one of the early ad- adopters or, of Flutter, I guess that um, when I was trying for the first time Flutter, I I needed to have something for this problem because it, it is a problem of any uh, front-end framework, right? And initially I was using React, so I, I thought, okay, maybe uh, we have to use the same as React that at that time was Redux. And so I started uh, thinking, okay, maybe I have to um, create or, or look a package in the app dev that uh, already provides me with all of the functionality or the features about Redux. And but but yeah, I started also um, seeing what was the the opinion of Flutter because uh, it is a new technology and, and probably it has a, a a different way of solving things. You know, we don't have to take everything that we knew for for from other technologies. And it was really confusing because the first year, I, I guess that in one of the presentations, the block pattern was something that was really highlighted. And um, so so yeah, that initially. Um, like kind of, told, um, I, I was thinking maybe okay, I have to invest time in understanding the block pattern because now I'm doing Flutter. It's not like uh, Flutter is going to move in that direction, right? And and that's why I initially started. Um, I moved back from 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 Redux in React to to block in, in Flutter, and it was really uh, a cool idea uh, the the block pattern, uh, especially for all of these. Uh, reactive uh, programming, right? Where you have everything displaying uh, on every, yeah, interaction of the user. But I think that it was kind of boring because you needed to invest so much time in boilerplate, uh, and also the fact that using streams, it wasn't, it was more or less complex. Um, I mean, it's not something really complex, but maybe something that. Um, it, it didn't flow so much. It, it wasn't so smooth. Uh, you require things like Rx start for doing some basic things like combining streaming and streams. And and yeah, I think that it was more confusing the next year. I think we're talking about 2019 and now uh, when the next presentation was pushing provider as a state management solution, right? So so yeah, now, now uh, at that time we, we had block provider, also um, yeah other types of uh, state management solutions that we mentioned Redux, MobX. So there were plenty of solutions back then, and it was really confused um, um, how what solution we need to adopt to right. Um, but but yeah, and all of them has had their. The trade-off at the end of the day, I, I really feel, feel that you need to choose 
whatever you are more comfortable with. But but yeah, um, keeping keeping the story like we we started um, putting our attention in both block and, and provider. But when we discover uh, the block library, uh, this uh, famous package that we all probably had uh, use uh, that was created by Felix, um, I think that that really changed the way we uh, created apps using the block pattern because it really uh, hide all of the complexity about using RxDart and streams and all that and all the boilerplate code needed for creating a basic feature that it was like a lot because you needed to invest so much time in your blog and all the streams and the syncs and, and all all of that. And and yeah, I think that by adopting that library, we really increased our productivity in creating apps and we really fell in love again with, with blog, right? That we we thought it was the 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 correct way to, to create uh, apps and to handle state management. But also in, in terms of provider, we always uh, kept um, looking at the library. Uh, so uh, recently, well, I, th- I think it was this year, uh, Riverpod was launched as a stable. Riverpod would be like the continuation of of of, of provider, and it really <clears throat> uh, provides you like better ways to handle all of the state management problems that you probably will have in in a in any project that. It, in any mid or large project, right? Uh, but yeah, I think that yeah, nowadays um, I will really suggest to not invest so much time in continue solving uh, this problem, but try to use Block or or Riverboard that really work well and and also um, have um, had like so many iterations and community also. Um, was pushing those libraries to be better and they experienced a lot of changes that nowadays uh, it's really easy to, to use uh, each of them. But but yeah, maybe I, I guess that if you want to something more predictable, more boring in a way, and more uh, easy, uh, and easier in my opinion, I will go for a block because I feel that it's really straightforward to create um a pattern um, by using uh, that library, and also if you're thinking about that, you still require a lot of boilerplate code for creating a simple feature. You can get benefit of creating everything using um, bricks in Mason. Uh, so if you don't know that tool, it's basically a, a tool to create uh, pre-built templates for for. Um, yeah, any programming language, in fact, uh, is more focused in Dart, but um, the cool thing is that you can uh, create templates, and in a way, you can create your own template to create a block that requires, for example, yeah, certain type of fully played with your state and your events. So in that way, it's not, um, not, not improving your performance by using Flutter Blog because you can actually automate uh, all of the things that you are uh, you do by using that library. But if you want to explore something um, probably that will have a more impact on, on your UI code, uh, I guess that Rearbot could actually change the way you think about uh, state management. It's not so easy as, as having like blog because in blog it's really, um, I guess it's really boring because 
in a way, be, and predictable because if you think as state uh, as as a function as, as uh, the UI as a function of state, and all the state is changing by by the events, uh, that is really clear when when dealing when when using block because you have ultimately your 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 screen your your widgets, then you have your block and then the state and the events. It's literally the definition. But in in real report is is it's different because you have other types of of ways of solving a, a different problem. Um, but yeah, I think that in a nutshell, those are like the the things that I will suggest to invest. Like uh, not not worrying so much in in trying to create a perfect uh, solution, but try to invest time in 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 seeing either a blog or 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 Riverboat that are great solutions. And and yeah, I mean, also understanding the basics about a Flutter, um, I think stateless widgets or stateful or set state, inherited widget, those are, are things that still need to be addressed because uh, uh, are like the very fundamentals of Flutter. And it's really useful to kind of know how, how the framework works and how and uh, what happened when I know you you um, you you code set state right and how the framework rebuilt the whole the whole screen um, because yeah it will let you understand more in depth how Flutter works uh, but but yeah about state management I will research just to um, yeah embrace one of the the most famous libraries that like I mentioned those are good tips uh, is there any advice you give someone just starting out. Well, that's uh, yeah, that's something that I was uh, suggesting just now. Uh, I think that yeah, connected to what I was saying, I I guess that if you are starting out with Flutter, it's really easy to confuse yourself because on one hand, the framework is not so opinionated. So when you initially create an app, you'll see that it's really bare bone. Nowadays, we have different templates um, as part of the framework, and we have a lot of open source projects that uh, cover high quality industry standards, but still, when you initially download the project, it's like really bare bones. You create an app, and for the first time, uh, you start thinking about what is the correct structure to to put in my projects. What are the folders? We don't have like a well defined pattern like MVC or MVVM, so. It's really confusing, so I will suggest to start for for the basic things, understanding, for example, how uh, stateless widgets and stateful widgets work. Also, inherited widget that is a really crucial part of the framework, and also how set state can rebuild your your entire uh, widget. How how the life cycle of the widget work? Because if you understand that, you can then um, uh, start investing time in, on learning more complex things or things that will ultimately uh, make your life easier, such as uh, these state management uh, libraries that we were mentioning, or I don't know, like dependency dependency in, in injection libraries or so on. But uh, I, I consider that it's really helpful to understand those fundamentals of both Flutter, because if not, you're going to start with things that are more high level. And whenever you had, uh, you will have a, eventually a problem. You won't understand exactly uh, how to solve it, um, and, and 
And if you invest time in understanding, for example, what the bill context is, uh, you will have more context, right, uh, to solve those those problems, and that will be easier. And and how to start? I think that Flutter has done a great job in 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 defining uh, the documentation. It's a really well defined documentation. So starting from there would be will be just fine. Uh, I know that maybe uh, it can be maybe it's not the the most fun uh, way to start like reading the docs right but <clears throat> in the case of Flutter I think that it's really helpful because it's really well structured it recovers uh, absolutely like uh, the basics and the and the more advanced things and and maybe choosing a nav you like and try to recreate in using in using Flutter uh, probably will encourage you to try more things right uh, not only having the basic um, vanilla features or having the the I don't know the the to do list application, but also investing time in in seeing how I don't micro animations work in, in Flutter and and those type of things that will eventually uh, allow you to understand more uh, concepts about the framework. So so yeah, when when you already have that cover and you have more confidence, I would then suggest to to try to, uh, more. Uh, libraries or complex things, uh, so so you can understand what are the the good practices that are, are used um, by the industry. That's great advice. Flutter docs are absolutely amazing. I can't think of another project I'm using that docs are as good as Flutter. Is there anything else you'd like to add or promote? Yeah, uh, of course. So yeah, from my side, uh, I would suggest uh, checking out the meetups that that we have in our community. As I said, I'm from Uruguay. Uh, Uruguay. Um, we we have uh, the capital is Montevideo, so I always suggest to um, yeah see the meetups that we we have done in, in Montevideo as well in Buenos Aires that is a city really near Uruguay in Argentina and also all of the communities in Latam we are really in contact with them. In fact, um, the next the next month in in October well depending on um, when are you listening to this podcast? But in, in October this year, uh, 2023, we are having a, a big conference in Latam that will be held in, in Medellin, Colombia. And we're going to see a lot of people from the Latam community and also from from all, all, all of the, the world. And I'm really excited about this event. It will be the first one uh, that will be of this magnitude in, in Latin America. Um um, we are the, there are people from the Flutter team that is coming that are going to uh, are going to talk in, in the event. Um, so yeah, I, I highly re- I highly suggest to to keep in mind that 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 event. Also, I would like to promote uh, one of the some of, of my work that uh, I did, like talks, open source projects, uh, samples that I have on my my GitHub and blog posts uh, in my in my Medium account. <clears throat> and and also the my company blog page, and yeah, in fact, I think that yeah, been working with so many talented developers in in some new software in my company uh, allowed me to also be in touch with um, different different projects and how we can use Flutter to solve really fascinating use cases. And we also try to communicate that in, in, in our page whenever we can, either in meetups or in blog posts. 
So we can have real experiences on how to use Flutter in in real world scenarios, right? So so yeah, um, that that will be uh, what I would like to promote. Nice. I'll make sure to include links to all the resources in the show notes. So if you're listening to the podcast, check out the website. Uh, John Franco, thank you so much for coming the podcast. It's great to hear your story, and thank you for listening. Yeah, thank, thanks to you. It was really nice to to be part of the podcast. I really enjoyed. It. And yeah, hope to uh, keep um, talking with you in the future and hopefully be here again. Definitely. That'd be great. All right. Talk soon. Take care. Bye.